We have a big question for today. What is the purpose of creation? So one of the central beliefs in Judaism is that Hashem created the entire universe from absolute nothing. And that belief in creation is central to Judaism. We've explained previously in previous classes um, how we know Hashem created the world and um, evidence for creation, and we've spoken previously about exactly the story of creation and how that fits with our current scientific understanding of evolution. We've addressed all that. Today, I want to ask the big question, why? Why did Hashem create us? What was his purpose? Why did he create us? And this is a really big question that has troubled Jewish scholars, and I'm sure non-Jewish scholars as well, philosophers, Kabbalists from the earliest of times. Why did Hashem create us? What does he need us for? What is he getting from us? What is the purpose of this whole exercise of creation? So this question has been addressed by many, many Jewish thinkers over the generation. There's no, what we can call the Torah itself, doesn't address philosophy in general. Um, neither does the Talmud address philosophy very extensively and doesn't really ask this question, but there are Midrashim and other sources that address this question. Definitely many later scholars and Jewish philosophers, Kabbalists, have addressed this question in great, very great length. And so there are a number of different ways to address this question. But today we're going to focus on the response given in Hasidus, Particularly the teaching, the particularly what we're going to explain today is based on the answer explained by the Rashab, Reb Shalom Dover of Lubavitch, um, in his um, essay, Yom, or discourse, Yom Tov Shor Rosh Hashanah, Tafresh Samachvav 5666, and further explanations from the Rebbe, but we'll focus on that explanation for today. So why is it? Why did Hashem create us? What did he need us for? So the truth is that the question itself is a bad question. The question itself is a non-starter. The question makes no sense. Why? The question of why. Why did you do that? Right? Why did you do that? That's the question we always ask. Right? Why did I do that? So the question of why implies some sort of need, something to be gained through what we're doing. Why are you doing it? Well, I needed it for this reason. Why? Why are you going to work? I need money. Well, why do you need money? I need to eat. I need to pay my gas bill. Why do you need to pay your gas? Well, I need to drive to work, right? But, right, it's always... Why? Because I need it for something. I need to eat. I need to be able to pay my mortgage. Or I need to be able to pay for my exercise classes, my gym membership, whatever else I might need, right? So why did you do it? Why did you just cut that person off? Well, I thought they wouldn't mind. Or I didn't pay attention. There was no reason, right? But usually, why? Because I needed something. Right? Why did you do it? I needed to get there. I went there because I needed it. 
right? So there's always, why do you do something? Because you need it. Or you want it. You don't necessarily need it. Sometimes we want something. I really want that car. I don't need to have a Maserati, but I want a Maserati. So why did I buy? Because I wanted it, right? So, but it's something that I would appreciate. I enjoy, I enjoy driving a muscle car or whatever it might be. So the why implies something to be gained, something needed, something to be gained. What will I, I gain from it? So why means what will I gain? What will, how will it help me? Now, we believe that Hashem the, is the absolute creator, is an infinite being, infinite in being infinite beyond our imagination. Think of Hashem as a being that just is, just exists. No form, no shape, no detail, just an absolute thing just exists. And He's totally, totally infinite. As being absolutely infinite, He is missing absolutely nothing. Just is. He is total perfection. Now, a being who is total perfection, missing absolutely nothing, cannot possibly need anything. Because if he needs something, then that means he's missing something. Not only he cannot need anything, he cannot gain from anything. Because if something is going to add to him, give him something that he didn't have, that means he was missing something. If he has everything and is everything, then he's missing absolutely nothing. Nothing can be added to him. Nothing can be given to him. He cannot gain anything. So this absolute being that we call Hashem or God is is doesn't need anything, isn't missing anything, doesn't cannot be given anything that he doesn't have. <coughs> doesn't there's nothing that you can add to him. So as being this totally perfect being, the world the word why doesn't make any sense. He has no why. Adding anything to him, anything we do for him adds nothing to him, fulfills no needs for him. He's absolute, he's perfect, so he has no why. Anything that he does won't add anything. So there cannot be any reason why Hashem creates us, because he gains absolutely nothing out of it. He cannot gain anything from anything he does or we do. So to answer our question of why did Hashem create us, we'd have to say, just because. Or because He wanted to. There is no reason. So why did He do it? Just because. Or we could say, He wanted to do it. He didn't need it. He doesn't gain anything out of it. It doesn't help Him creation, he wanted to. Or, in the words of the Midrash, nit'aveh, he so desired. He so desired. 
Now, when we want something, there's two reasons why we want things, when we humans want things. Sometimes we want things because we're going to gain out of it. I want the muscle car, to use the example we used earlier, because I enjoy driving. I enjoy hearing that re- engine rev up or whatever it might be. I enjoy the speed that it's, that, that it, um, it's starting speed. Or why do I want this food? I enjoy it. It tastes good. Why do I want to visit this place? I enjoy touring. I enjoy seeing new sites. So maybe I don't need it, but I'm gaining something out of it. Right? That's one kind of want. And then there's the stubborn want. I want to do this. Why do you want to do this? I, that's what I want, like the way your two-year-old wants, right? Why do you want that? I just do, right? So Hashem's want is not a want that he's going to gain anything out of it, that he's going to enjoy it, but simply I want it just because I do. It could be a two-year-old want. It could also, by the way, be a very, very sophisticated want. There are certain things that we want which we don't even know why we want, but we want. We want our children to be successful. Why? Is there a rational reason we want our children to do well? Well, maybe it reflects better on ourselves, but that's not the reason. We don't just want our children to do well for selfish reasons. We really care for them to do well. We want them to succeed. Why? It's just something that we naturally want. It's a natural want. So it's something that is beyond, doesn't have any reason. We just want it. So creation is a similar thing. There's no natural for Hashem. He has no natural. But he wanted it. No reason whatsoever. He doesn't need it. He doesn't gain from it. He just wants it. So to answer our question, why did Hashem create us? Just because he wanted to. No reason, no need, no gain, just because he wanted to. Let me take a question. Marla, yes. You're absolutely right. So knowledge is a similar example to something that we want, hopefully, um, and not for any reason. We may enjoy learning, but that's not why we learn. We don't learn to enjoy it, to enjoy our time learning, but we learn just because it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to have. Um, It's a very, very good example. Excellent. Thank you. Yes, Debbie. That's an excellent question. How do we know that God is... How do we know that God is perfect? So, that's really a subject of its own that we can spend an hour talking about. But just to very, very briefly address your question, we believe that God is the first cause. In other words, the beginning of everything, nothing created Him. 
if there would be any detail about him, if there would be any parts to him, then something must have made that detail. Something must have made those parts. For him to have be the first cause, he just is. He has no. He must have no form or detail whatsoever. So by definition, if he has no form or detail whatsoever, then he just is. He must, by definition, be perfect. If you have no form, Well, no, it's more than just physical form. It's no detail. There is absolutely no detail. So he then exists as just an absolute being. He just is. No, because we might not have a physical form. We still have a spiritual form. We still have some for, so, sort of form. We don't become absolute. The creator is the absolute being. But if he was perfect, then why did he make us perfect? That's an excellent question. Why did God not make us perfect? Very, very good question. We're going to leave that to afterwards, but it's an excellent question. Yes, Marla. Why do we refer to God in masculine form? That is an excellent question. We did a class a couple months ago. Is God a he, she, or it? Where we address that question. Very good question. Excellent, excellent point. Excellent point, excellent question. And we did a class where we addressed exactly that question. We do refer to God does have no form and is an absolute being. And we do refer to God as he. Now, why why that is, is an excellent question. And I encourage you to go back. The podcast is, it, uh, I have that class on the podcast and go back and listen to it. And uh, I address that in very great detail. Any? No, we, say, we, we do say he. And we explain the, then why. But I'm not going to get into it right now. Yes? You say that he wants nothing from us. I didn't say that. I said he gains nothing from us. He gains nothing from us. What about like what we worship him? Well, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Very good question. Very good question. Does he want anything from us? That's an excellent question. So while... While there's no true why for creation from Hashem's perspective, there is still a why for creation from our perspective. From his perspective, there's no why. It doesn't even make sense. From our perspective, though, there is a why. How is that? So the question why can really mean one of two things when you think about it. I can ask you, why are you doing that? What meaning, what do you have to gain from what you are doing? Or I can be asking you, why are you doing that? What is your end goal and ultimate expectation from what you are doing? The first, why are you doing that? What do you have to gain from what you are doing? Is asking, how will this particular action help you? The second, why are you doing that? What is your end goal and ultimate expectation? Is looking at what is the end plan of your action. Now usually those two are one and the same. That's why we don't differentiate between them. And we have the same word why for both. The end goal of what I do is how it will help me. 
For, to use the example I brought earlier, why do I go to work? Because I need money to buy things that I want. My end goal is money. The thing I'm missing is money. That work is going to solve, right? So the end goal is what I'm missing that I need what I'm doing to solve. So both my end goal and what I need are one and the same, usually. However, for Hashem, the first why, in other words, what do you have to gain from what you are doing, doesn't exist as we just said. He doesn't need anything. The second why, what is your purpose and goal in creation, does exist. He didn't just create a universe. He does have a purpose and goal in creation. Or, to put in other words, creation has no reason, but it does have a purpose. It has no reason or need or gain from his perspective. He just wanted. But it does have a purpose and goal for us, from our perspective. He created the universe with a very distinct and clear purpose. He didn't just create and said, go have fun, creations. But rather, he created the universe expecting the universe to achieve something in particular that he wanted to be achieved. Now, why did he need it? He didn't need it. Why did he want it? He doesn't gain from it. But this is what he wanted. He created the universe for a purpose. What is that purpose in creation? So that purpose is described in the Midrash that he wanted to live in this low universe. What does that mean? It means that he wanted to live for his presence to be felt within this universe. And Chassidus explains that Hashem himself, as we mentioned earlier, is an absolute being, just is. All-inclusive, just is everything. This being that just is. No detail, no form, just absolute, infinite being. Nothing can exist outside of him. Then he creates the universe. He created us. He created us, so to speak, within him, because nothing exists outside of him. Everything exists within him. So he created us within him. We are within the absolute infinite creator. But we were created in such a way that we don't recognize the creator. We recognize ourselves. We see ourselves and everything around us as existing. But we don't recognize the Creator, at least not naturally, at least not automatically. A person, a human, which are the intelligent beings that he created, the conscious beings that he created, humans, are aware of our own existence, are aware of the universe's existence, but we're not aware of our own Creator's existence. Which is kind of strange when you think about it. If someone makes someone, something, draw, someone makes a painting, right? They draw a painting, you know that there was a painter for the painting. Right? If someone makes something, you know there was someone who made it. Our universe 
We could live our whole lives in this universe without ever recognizing that someone built this, that something built this. Now, if we think about it, we can intellectually discover that there's a creator. We can be told by our parents, which we were, that there is a creator. We can believe in the creator. We can understand why the existence of a universe implies the existence of a creator. But it's not a natural thing. And that's evidenced by the fact that there are many, many humans that don't believe in the creator. Don't believe in the creator of the universe. Because the universe does not automatically imply creator. So he created us. He's an absolute infinite being that includes everything. Everything exists. Everything that exists. He is everything. Created us, the universe, within him. But blocked himself. So that we don't see it. We don't recognize it. And then he created us humans. In his image, in the sense, we did a class on that, on what it means that we are in God's image. But in his image, in the sense that we um, have choice, we were given choice, we can make decisions, we're conscious, we can make decisions on our own. And then he gave us instructions. And he said, you have, I'm going to give you the tools to make my presence felt within this universe. Right now, his presence is not naturally felt within this universe, but he is going to give us the tools to make his presence felt within this universe so that creation will recognize him. And that is our role. That is what we were created for. We humans were created to use these tools that he has given us, to use the instructions that he has given us to make his presence felt within the universe. And that's what it means for him to live within our universe. Dira betachtonim in Hebrew. How do we do that? Okay, I have a question. I'll take that How do we do that? How do we make his presence felt in the universe? So the way that he did this is, he chose one people, people of Israel, and he gave us 613 commandments. And those commandments are essentially the keys that we use to unlock His presence in this world. To reveal His presence in this world. He created all humans with the power of right and wrong. All humans with the power, and He gave all humans certain commandments, the seven Noahide commandments for all humans. All humans, certain commandments to make this world a godly place. To make this world, and all humans have a role in making this universe a place where God's presence can be found. Because if it's an evil place, then God's presence cannot be found in an evil place. So all humans have a role in making this world a good place. A godly place. A place that recognizes Hashem. A place that all humans have a role in making this world a place um, that humans see, are aware of his presence, and uh, that we, are, um, we know about him, we are concerned about goodness, follow, try to make this world better. And that's something for all humans that's covered in the seven Noahide laws. Then he gave, chose one people, people of Israel, and gave us, Extra commandments, lots and lots and lots of commandments. 
These commandments are keys that we can use to unlock his presence in this universe. How do we do that? So every time the, his commandments are essentially his will, the things that he wants. Every time we do a mitzvah, the person doing the mitzvah and the items with which we do the mitzvah become vehicles for his will here on earth. Vehicles that fulfill his will. And we create this, we generate this immense godly energy within this world. Every time we do a mitzvah, we generate this godly energy. And godly energy is released. And releasing this godly energy is a process that Kabbalists refer to as tikkun. Tikkun, enhancing our universe. Right? So every time we do a mitzvah, we're releasing godly energy, enhancing our, our universe. The more mitzvot we do, the more godly energy is released. Now, we don't see that energy released. Only a spiritual being who can see spiritual godly energy gets to see it. We don't see the energy released from every mitzvah. But we believe that every mitzvah we do releases this powerful godly energy. The more mitzvahs we do, the more godly energy we release. At a certain point... When we fulfill enough mitzvot, enough of the commandments, the godly energy will reach a tipping point where we've released enough godly energy that it will just take over our universe. And then when that happens, it will be visible to everything in this universe. We will see godly energy. Currently, we are not programmed to be able to see godliness. It is hidden from us. God's presence is not visible to us. We see physical things around us. We can understand things around us, but we're not cognitive, we're not actively aware or naturally aware of God's presence. But once enough godly energy is released through following His commandments, through this process of what we call birur nitzotzot, refining the sparks or tikkun, um, enhancing our universe and releasing this godly energy, we reach a point where enough energy is released that everything will then be able to will then automatically recognize the Creator. That point, when we reach that tipping point, that will be what we refer to as the coming of Moshiach or the end of times, which is mentioned was mentioned in last week's parsha, mentioned many many times throughout our scriptures, and um, a central belief in. Judaism, we once did a class dedicated to the belief in Moshiach that we will reach this point that we anticipate to um, when um, God's presence will be recognizable and visible to all creations and when we will and when essentially we'll have fulfilled the purpose for creation. So that is the purpose of creation. Again, we believe, to summarize, that yes, there is no, Hashem has no need or nothing to gain from creation. He just wanted to create. He did not, does not gain anything or need anything. The question itself, why, for him, is not really a good question, because he doesn't need or gain anything. However, he wanted to create, but he didn't just want to create, he wanted to, for his presence to be felt within this lower within this lowly universe where his presence was originally blocked through us 
his creations, his agents here on earth, overcoming their evil inclinations, overcoming their inner battles, to follow his commandments and release enough godly energy to make this universe a place where God's presence is felt. That is referred to as he desired to live in this low universe. That is the um, term used in the Midrash, and that is the purpose of creation, the goal to which, wor- to which we are working towards. Yes, Marla? Very good point. So first thing, you made a very good point that everyone in this room does mitzvahs. In fact, one of the reasons why we eat pomegranates on Rosh Hashanah is to remind us that every Jew is filled with mitzvahs as the pomegranate is filled with seeds. Um, and yes, you're right. We, we should experience when we do a mitzvah, the joy of a mitzvah, appreciating our role in we were chosen by Hashem, we are His agents, to bring about the purpose of His creation. And that's a joy that we should feel. And that's a very, very powerful thing. Um, we still don't openly see God's presence each mitzvah that we do and the, the energy, godly energy release, but there is some level of experience. And yes, like I said earlier, that we don't, we're not um, positively aware of God's presence in general, even though God's presence fills the universe. Um, but we can cognitively appreciate God's presence. We can think about it and learn about it and meditate and become aware of God's presence within ourselves. You're absolutely right. Very good point. Yes, Debbie? And the Messiah is not going to come until there is enough good in the world. Until we've fulfilled enough commandments to bring about, to release enough godly energy, to bring about this um, ultimate process where um, God's presence is felt within this world. Now, in general, in, in addition to the Jewish people fulfilling enough commandments, the world itself must be a good place. So the world itself must, and that's, that's a universal role um, that is achieved through the seven Noahide laws. Um, it's not going to work if the world is not a good place. You're absolutely right. We do believe that the world is getting better and better. And yes, 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 I do. I do. And we can talk about that afterwards. We've done some classes about that. Yes, our world overall is getting better. Uh, most people are not pagan anymore. Most people don't um, you know, have um, you know, sacrificed their children anymore. Uh, we, we've moved a long way from where we used to be. There's still some problems, but we're, getting a, we're a lot better than we used to be even a few generations ago. Yes, Tika. There are people who are aware, but that's very rare. Most people are not. Almost everyone is not. But the prophets... Like, the prophets were aware of the Creator because Hashem appeared to them. Yes, you're absolutely right. Very good point. But some people can't... Very good. Very good. Very good. Let me just... Let, let's finish off and then we'll, get, we'll take four questions at the end. So now, given that creation itself has no reason for Hashem, 
There's nothing that Hashem gains from us ourselves. He gains from our actions. He gains from our mitzvahs, from our following His commandments. He doesn't gain from us ourselves. What that therefore means is that we ourselves, or all the things in this universe, don't really matter that much. Or we don't really matter at all. What matters is the mitzvahs that we do. There's nothing of value that we give Hashem. The value that we have is the mitzvahs that we do. We only matter to Hashem because He chose to make us matter by giving us purpose and giving us a mission, by giving us a role to do, a role to achieve. Now that should help give us some perspective on life. There are so many things in our lives that get us very nervous, stressed, worried, concerned. But they're all things that don't really matter. They might matter to us, but we're minuscule in the big picture. They don't matter in the big picture of things. Yes, it matters if we get the job or lose the job or we get fired. It matters to us. But in the big picture of things, we need to live. So we have to take care of ourselves, of course. But that's not what really matters. If our car doesn't start in the morning or someone cut us off as we were driving, that doesn't really matter. What really matters is the mitzvahs that we do. Even if we don't have everything we would like to have. We don't have the cars that we would like to drive. Or we're struggling because we're behind on paying our mortgage. Or we're struggling with, uh, we're struggling with medical issues. We have, we're struggling with serious disease and illness. Now, it matters to us because we can't live without these things and we have to deal with it. But remember that that's only secondary to the big picture. What really, really matters is that we do follow Hashem's commandments. And what often happens is we make the wrong priorities. We say, you know, I really, really need to work because I need to earn a living and I need to be able to pay my mortgage. And it's hard to keep Shabbat and work. So I'm not going to keep Shabbat. Instead, I'm going to work. What you forget is you're giving up something that, doesn't real, that really matters, following Hashem's commandments, for something that is only secondary, having a job, working, Right? So it's important to remember, never give up something, Hashem's commandments, what we really need for something secondary. And of course they're important. Um, Our finances and our health and our family and the cars that we drive and everything else that we want. But they're all secondary to what really matters, what's really important. We have our values often backwards. We say, I can't do this mitzvah because... I have something, another more pressing need. How can it be more pressing than doing a mitzvah? We were created to do mitzvahs. That's what we're here for. That is our purpose. That is our ultimate goal. That is our end goal. So one of the things actually that we use Rosh Hashanah for is our prayers speak about refocusing our mission. Why were we really created? We were created by Hashem in order to serve Him, in order to fulfill His purpose through following His commandments. That's what we're really here for. Everything else is just secondary. So it's important to recalibrate and remember what our real purpose is.
It's also important to appreciate and remember the power of each mitzvah. The Baal Shem Tov taught that a person can be, live their entire life to fulfill a mission of fulfilling a single mitzvah. Maybe to help another person or another mitzvah. Every time you have an opportunity to do a mitzvah, Maimonides says, you should think, maybe this is the purpose for which I was created. Maybe this mitzvah is why I'm here. Maybe this mitzvah is the last mitzvah needed to bring about, to reach that tipping point when enough godly energy is found in this universe for us to bring Moshiach and to fulfill the end purpose of all of creation. It might just be this very mitzvah I'm about to do. So how can I get distracted and say, no, I want to do something else. I don't want to hear the shofar rush on. I'm going to go to the beach instead on Sunday morning. I'm going to do something else. Maybe that one mitzvah, maybe that is the tipping point mitzvah that will make all the difference. You don't know when it is. You don't know where it is. Maybe that's it. So if you recognize that the purpose why we were created, the purpose of all of creation was to fulfill Hashem's mitzvahs and to reach that tipping point, then every mitzvah that you do, that is the purpose of creation. That is so important. Remember its value. Remember the importance of every single mitzvah. Never think um, a mitzvah of being of secondary importance. Never undervalue the value of each and every mitzvah that you can do. So to conclude, why did Hashem create us? Well, it's not really a good question because He's perfect. He has nothing to gain. doesn't need us. But He did have a purpose for He wanted to create us. He certainly wanted to create us because He did. And He does have a purpose and a goal in creating us. And that is for us to follow, for us in general, humans, to make this world a good place through following the seven Noahide laws. And for the Jewish people in particular, his chosen people, to make his presence felt in this world through following his commandments, 613 commandments, each commandment releasing this energy light, this great godly energy, until the point where the entire universe will recognize him.